past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello, and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're excited that you've joined us here today. As you know, we're always talking about things that will keep you ahead of the need and desire of employers or other things that you need to advance in your career, wherever you might be in your career. And every year, a group of people in the careers industry gets together and talks about what's going on in the industry, what's coming up next, what do we need to know to be effective in the work that we do as career service providers. And I talked about this last week in that framework of what do those career service providers need to know to be effective. But I want to talk about it today in terms of you and your career and what do these mega trends for 2019 look like in terms of your career. And so as you think about, you know, we're, we're well underway here in 2019, almost a quarter of the way through. And trends are one of those challenging things because, of course, we're never right and we're never really wrong. And uh, they change all the time, but they don't really change at all. So these some things you may have already heard before and some things you may be thinking about and wondering, how is that going to make an impact on my career? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So the Career Thought Leaders Group, as I said, it gets together a group of professionals in the careers industry. So coaches, resume writers, people at universities, um, people who work in independent practice, people at workforce centers around the, the U.S., and also people in those types of roles in Europe. And I did get some information this year from one of our contacts in Australia, although we weren't able to get a group together in that region for the entire event. We've got some data from there that we were included in our report. So we got a lot of information from the U.S., some from Canada, some from Europe in terms of what's going on in careers and how is this impacting careers. Now, Career Thought Leaders is a group of professionals. So it's a kind of a professional association for career service providers. And, you know, it's really about people who want to be on the the front edge, thinking ahead and knowing what's going on in the front of an industry that really moves really quickly and a lot that is going on in this industry. This year, we looked at how our industry and how careers are shifting according to six kind of mega trends or big global trends that we saw happening in the world, not only in the world of work, but they're impacting the world of work for sure. So we looked at generations, how are generations in the workplace? And of course, with Generation Z starting to enter the workplace, this has been a conversation for the last couple of years. How will four generations work together in the workplace? And what does that mean for how work will shift? We looked at the gig economy. A lot of the data said that by 2020, 40% of us would be in the gig economy. So is that happening? And what's that doing to our, our work? Um, and what does that look like? 
education. So education is shifting with your massive online courses and the way education is delivered being changed and the way that employers are looking for education has changed. What they're looking for in terms of education has changed. So how's that going to impact your career development, your career planning? Artificial intelligence, there's some scary reports out there that artificial intelligence is going to replace 50% of jobs by 2040 here in the next 20, 30 years. There's also some data that says 14%. So what does that mean and how does that impact your career? What do you need to know to stay on top of artificial intelligence and technology in general as it comes into every single job that any one of us do what do we need to know to stay employable? Social media, so social branding, social recruiting are big topics in the world today. How are people using social media to find their talent and how are professionals like all of us using social media to brand ourselves and to attract the type of employers or clients, activities that we want in our professional life. And then last, storytelling. How is storytelling coming into the world of careers? We've got leaders talking about their origin story and communicating that to their their team, the people they want to gain influence over. Got marketers, of course, have been talking about storytelling for a while. And in the careers marketing space, resumes, LinkedIn profiles, cover letters, however you want to communicate to your audience in the career space, we're starting to look at stories in a different way and resumes, profiles are morphing towards this idea of story and engaging the reader. There's a lot of different ways that we're doing that and that we need to do that to be successful as a storyteller. So those were the six trends that we looked at as a careers professionals. But what does this mean for you? What does this mean for your everyday work, for your tomorrow work, and, of course, as our mission and goal of this program is to help you proactively manage your career, to think about where you're going, how do you imp- what are the impacts of these six trends on that career planning? So boomers are persisting. Boomers want to stay in the workforce. This is one of those generational trends. And the data from the world kind of, look at generations shows that the boomers are starting to be a smaller and smaller percentage of the workforce. However, the anecdotal data from the individuals that work in the career space is that these folks are not leaving. Maybe they're working in a different way that doesn't hit the bottom line of the data that's being taken. Um, But that's impacting careers for you, the professional, in a lot of different ways. So if you're younger, an older millennial, maybe a Gen X, you're starting to see this squeeze of a lack of opportunity, a lack of movement upwards. Um, I'm seeing this with a lot of professionals, especially in that upper 30s to 40s range, who thought that they would start to see some opportunities for promotion by now. And boy, it's just really not happening. They're shifting companies to find those opportunities. They are finding other ways to gain the leadership skills so that they can compete for those opportunities. But boy, that kind of blue wave or exodus of the boomers from the working world, they don't see happening in the way that we thought it would or in the way that the data might suggest it, it is happening. 
other thing that's happening is, of course, boomers are trying to figure out how to navigate. So if you're in that work age group, you might be thinking, okay, how am I going to have some flexibility in my job? I want to keep working, but I don't want to work, um, you know, I don't want to work full time anymore. I want to do something more meaningful. And so boomers are trying to negotiate a different way of working in the world than they're used to and that employers might be used to as well. And if you're in those age groups, you're feeling some of that generational pull and figuring out how to make that shift. One of the other things that might be happening in your workspace is people are wanting to talk less about generations. They maybe don't want to identify or think about diversity in terms in the world today, especially in you know the U.S. and in some ways in Europe. You're starting to see the diversity conversation blow up in terms of race and gender, and perhaps people have gotten over the generations conversation, or perhaps some of these other ways of talking about diversity are more important in our conversations right now. And we're really seeing a wane of talking about generations, even though the idea of generation, the new folks that are entering the workplace and and the boomers who are navigating a different type of exit is still impacting careers. The conversation around it is shifting very differently. So that's our first conversation is all about generation. And you hear a lot about millennials still, even though they really are a big group of the workforce and they're very diverse from 26 to 36, 27, 37. And you're going to see more talk about Generation Z or iGen or whatever they decide to finally call it and um, how they work, how you recruit them, how you retain them, etc., and you'll start to see that shift here in the marketplace shortly. Our second topic then, the gig economy. Really the challenge of this topic is that there are so many different ways that people define it. So if you're looking at the gig economy as just people who work as freelance only, the primary independent workers in the U.S., that's only 13% of the population right now. However, if you combine that with people who are supplemental independent workers, so maybe they have a gig type of job on top of a regular job, the whole side hustle, then you get up to close to 30%. So remember that data saying that by 2020, we'd be closer to 40%. It's going to have to take a big old jump to get there. And that's a combination of independent freelancers and people who are doing it as a side gig on top of their work. So it's probably not as big as we might think it is or people might talk about it is because it's this combination of folks. Um, 43% of us are still traditional workers that if we're in the working age and then 30%, this may be the bigger surprise, 30% of working age folks are not employed. And some of this goes to the trend right now for moms and dads sometimes, more often now, to stay at home and not be in the workforce during that period of... So gig workers, primary independent, 13% of those in the working age group are independent, 14% side hustling. 
this is creating some changes for sure that you're seeing in how you might work. You might find opportunities to be side hustling, find a support group for that, find some people that are, are doing that, doing what you're doing, wanting to get together and talk about it or co-work, we work spaces, right? All of that collective groups of freelancers are coming together and doing things for the buying power um, to come together and do things differently. So you're going to see this becoming more accepted. Geek working is becoming more accepted, but it's not totally mainstream yet. And employers don't necessarily accept it. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that when we come back from our first break. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice of America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about your trends and what they mean for your career. So, as we've been talking about this, you know, this gig economy, uh, the young people in the audience are probably going, yep, that's what we do, right? We hop, we we need to get somewhere we go, um, we side hustle to get the skills that we need or to get the money that we need because the cost of living has gone up, but wages haven't in a lot of places. So, millennials... That again, that age group, 27, 37, they think job hopping's fine. The challenge uh, is that lots of employers still don't. And, you know, I would bet that even millennials who are in hiring roles may not find themselves thinking about job hopping as um, positively for hiring as they do in their own career. 
So 16% of companies with 100 or sorry, 16% of companies with 1000 employees or more say that they'd be open to hiring someone who they consider to be a job hopper. So we're doing it. 37% of people have a side hustle, but it's not something that employers really want to talk about yet or or manage. Um, so people are kind of doing it under the table. They're doing it on, on their own time. They are keeping those two work worlds separate. We did a whole show on this a little while back on how to have a side hustle without ruining your career because you probably aren't going to announce it. It's not something that you're going to talk about a lot and and have find that warm reception at your office place about that idea. And so if you're doing it, Obviously, you're trying to figure out how to walk those two worlds. If you're thinking about starting a side hustle, just know it probably won't be considered as positively at work as you might think, given its popularity. Um, If you're in this area, you're probably also struggling with how do you tell the story? So you've been job hopping or gig working, and now you want to move back into the workplace. The good news for you is that some of our career professionals have found that it is easier now than ever before. Lots of this is probably due to the talent shortage, but it is easier to go from job hopping or side hustling or entrepreneurship into a company. That used to be a pretty challenging transition and it's gotten a lot easier, which is nice. You still need to be able to tell a story that matters to that audience, pull the pieces together, draw the common thread, minimize the job hoppiness as much as possible on your resume, because of course we know that it's common and yet still not um, not something that's gonna be a good selling point for you. So make that story sing, pull it together, think about your audience, tell a cohesive story, not a bunch of different stories and try to have the reader pull them together. They're not going to do that for you. You might list your contract work all as one kind of job entry and talk about the projects as bullets instead of each as separate jobs. Find ways to make it look as cohesive as possible because you are doing those gigs, you're doing those side hustles, but that's not going to be something that you want to market unless you're applying to a more entrepreneurial type of position or company or someone who wants you to work as a 1099. Then, uh, of course, highlighting the fact that you've already done that, that you're comfortable with it, that you can manage that is going to be a positive for you. You have to really think about that audience and what your gigs mean to them not necessarily what we think might be need need about them or or need about that experience. So pulling together that story and and really marketing yourself appropriately for the audience is going to be important if you're trying to make a shift, especially from one type of work to the other. Do you put your side hustle on your resume or not? That really depends. Is it building a skill set that's critical for your next job? 
Is it filling a gap in your resume that's a big enough gap that we need to fill it with something that may not be necessarily relevant? If it's an interesting thing, but it's not your main gig, it may not be on your resume. You know, if you're selling Mary Kay on the side, but you're in HR, your HR resume probably isn't going include to that, include that Mary Kay business, unless for some reason you've got a big gap that you want to fill, and then you're going to talk about the most relevant aspects of that position as possible to your future position. It's your job to tell the story, to think about the audience, and to tell the story in a way that really matters to them. Our third area is education. Again, education really shifting with the way that it's delivered, with the way that people expect to consume education and in the way that employers are at least talking about degrees at this point. So big companies have gone on record saying that degrees aren't as important. They are saying if you have the skills, if you can demonstrate you have the skill, you may not need that degree. Here's the problem is there's a gap between what they're saying and what the reality is. And there's an unknown horizon for our talent shortage that says we don't know if this will stick. So right now you might be able to get a job at a tech company after graduating from a boot camp. Will that be true in two, three years if things shift and all of a sudden we have more talent in some areas than we need? This is something that is always going to be at the whim of their the employer. When talent is plentiful, they'll lower the bar, right? When talent or sorry, when talent is scarce, they'll they'll lower the bar. When talent is plentiful and jobs are harder to come by, they're going to raise that bar back. So don't be lulled into complacency here. Pay attention to your industry. What are the trends? What's going on? The jobs that you may have next or the job you have right now. If the job you have right now is requiring a bachelor's degree for most people, even though you don't have one, start working towards it. Yeah, there's this trend and watch it. See if it will continue. But if your jobs, most of them now require a bachelor's degree, start working towards it. Start doing it. Stay on top of it because I've seen this go back and forth in the 90s. Same thing. It was easy to get a job right out of high school. And then in the early 2000s, when it started to go downhill, those people who'd left high school and gone straight to work were now going back to college to get their degree because they couldn't get employed. Employed. Same thing happened in 2009. Even a deeper group of people who'd been employed for even longer were finding that now they couldn't find a job because they weren't, they didn't have a degree. So this goes back and forth, this idea of do we need a, a degree or not? And it's something that we really want to stay on top of as a careerist, as a professional, because it only hurts us when the employers change their mind every five seconds. It doesn't hurt them. They can change it when they have enough talent. They can change it back when they don't have enough talent. If we are not meeting their current expectations, it's it's our career that suffers. And there's some data on that in terms of who did well in the last recession recovery. 
so 2010 to 2016, some college and associate's degree folks did really well. This is the other problem that we get into when we talk about degrees is we tend to think about it as all or nothing. Do I have a bachelor's degree or just high school? But there's this lovely pool of opportunity where it's a short-term degree, it's focused, it it's gets you moving, it gets you into an area that perhaps has a need, and it doesn't have to be a bachelor's degree, but it's something beyond college or beyond high school that allows you to be marketable and flexible. If you are thinking about wanting to be more marketable and not wanting to go back to do a four-year degree, the trades are hurting all over in the Europe, in the US, in Australia, the trades are hurting and apprenticeship programs, policies, money, and boot camp types of things in more techie world, the whole area of short-term education, hands-on work, work that can't be as computerized, can't be outsourced, can't be overseas, those types of jobs are booming, welding, which, you know, robots have been able to do some of that for a while, but they're still going to need welders, operators for those machines. One of my local business owners was talking about carpet layers. There are things that we need people to do, plumbing, electricians, that are a long ways from being automated and pay well short time to educate and are failing to get met the need for these that people are is failing to get met a lot of because of perception they're blue collar they're not educated whatever it might be false perceptions that get in the way of people going into these worlds um, and perhaps some historical issues that people in those fields have had that maybe they would have again but guess what people in every fields are have field has have those ups and downs not any more than uh, any others maybe just hadn't been as recent so we forgot Education shifting, how we consume education shifting and educational institutions are really trying to keep up, right? They want to be relevant. They want to help us earn those degrees we need. They they want to be relevant. They're struggling a little bit to keep up, but some very interesting programs going on in universities and community colleges to help people meet these needs. So if you haven't looked for a while at what your education opportunities might be, then um, you should do that because there's a lot of new things faster, easier to access than ever before. When we come back from our break, we'll dive into the next one, which stems right from our education conversation into the world of artificial intelligence. And what skills do you really need to compete with artificial intelligence? How is artificial intelligence going to infiltrate your workplace? And what does that mean for you and your career? We'll be right back and talk about the future of technology in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about trends that are impacting your career and what you need to know to be effective in managing your career moving forward. So artificial intelligence is one of these topics that is challenging because it incorporates a lot of different things. So when people are talking about chatbots, that's artificial intelligence. When people are talking about machine learning, when people are talking about, uh, you know, robotics and robots, people, robots doing things for people, thought controlled gaming, um, real-time emotion analytics, anything where technology is starting to do a human function or think like a human or process data and learn from data, that's artificial intelligence at work. And as I said, there's some real disparity in terms of how much of your jobs is artificial intelligence going to take or replace. There's some data that says 14%. There's some data that says 50%. Very alarming to eh, probably pretty normal churn in jobs. Um, uh, You know, it's what's right, what's wrong. All I can say is that it really doesn't matter if it's technology is going to replace jobs because it's also going to create jobs. And a lot of data also says that 
yes, it's replacing jobs, but it's creating perhaps more than it is replacing. And that gives us an opportunity to think about what do we need to do to be competitive and in our marketplace know that we can stay employed. Skills, so you'll hear people talk about, oh, you need technology skills. Yes, you do. You need to be able to be the the master of the technology, if you will, the user of the technology, the one who knows how to integrate the, the technology into the process better so that the technology doesn't replace you, but you are using the technology to better meet your company's needs. Also, the people skills. So some people will say, oh, yeah, you're technology can't replace people so you need those people skills great customer service marketing the creative the innovative thought thinking those are the ways that people are going to stay differentiated if you will from the technology i would say that you need both you don't want to just think about your innovative skills technology skills and kind of stick your head in the sand about one or the other, you want to seek out both so that you have the technology skills you need to be able to use the technology in your job and you have the people skills to augment the technology in a way that is pretty far off in terms of technology being able to do things people can do. So here's a few examples recruiters, right? Technology is starting to help recruiters do their job better. It can go out and it can scan the web for candidates that might have certain keywords or certain interests and bring the recruiter a list of candidates. Great. That's the recruiter knowing how to use the technology. They stick their head in the sand and say, "Ah, technology will never be able to replace me. They're going to be sorely disappointed when in fact it does replace some of the things that they do and they haven't taken the initiative to know what it can't replace and to know how to use it so that they're using it as a tool and staying competitive in the process. Their people skills are growing in importance because of of course as the market tightens especially great talent wants to have relationships wants to have their their questions answered, wants to go beyond a chatbot and really be able to build a relationship with a person. And a lot of recruiters are saying that they're seeing their best recruiting kind of have a throwback to the days where networking and groups and joining communities was a better way to source candidates. So there's a double-edged sword to, yes, more technology, but also more people skills. This is happening in a lot of industries where you're seeing the trend and a trend. So you see companies using chatbots for customer service. And then you also see companies advertising that you're going to get a real person when you are with us. You're not going to get a chatbot because there's the trend and the anti-trend. You need both skills. You need to know how to use the technology. You also need to know how to be the person that's using that technology to the to its benefit. In that vein, of course, we know that technology is being used in the hiring process more and more. 98% of Fortune 500 companies are using applicant tracking systems. Those are the things that scan and score your resume. 40%-ish 
We saw data from all 30% all the way to 80% of companies using video interviewing. Companies are using video interviewing as live video interviews and as recorded video interviews. They're using software that can score those interviews and that's helping them be able to interview more clients, right? That's really what we all wanted was for companies to be able to interview more people and they're using video to achieve that goal. 33% of you are using artificial intelligence of some kind somewhere in the hiring process. So that might be in sourcing or finding candidates, might be in the video, might be in the applicant tracking systems because applicant tracking systems are now using machine learning to be smarter at reading and scoring resumes and trying to get the best candidate. So you're going to interface with technology in some way during your job search. If you're struggling, go to your local library, get some classes in general technology use, find a way to get more comfortable with technology so that you can be who you want to be instead of be that person that's struggling with the technology getting in between you and the employer. It's not going to go away. Um, They're going to use technology to help them recruit It may look different, it may shift, it's not gonna go away. They are trying to figure out how to use technology to decrease bias. So we might think that, oh, this technology, it's gonna increase bias or it's gonna make it harder. The whole point of the technology, the aim for using it is to get rid of the human bias errors. Humans choose things on emotion and our emotion is not a good predictor of your success in that future job. This is a good thing. This is what the aim of it is to hire the person who's actually the best fit for the job instead of the person that Susie thinks is going to be the nicest to her, right? This is, we're, we're trying to make it less emotional. I don't know if that works. We'll see. But if we can think about it positively as a job seeker, it's going to really help us thinking about this negatively, getting into the us versus them conversations. um, It really just doesn't do anybody any good. See the good, see what they're trying to do and do what you can do to take the good and use it to your advantage know what to expect, and do the best that you can. Our fifth trend, that social branding and sourcing. So things moving online, people are using online reputation to judge candidates. Uh, Candidates are using online forums to build their brand. Use this as a two-way street. Figure out how to maximize it for your benefit because it's there. It's not going anywhere. Um, Just like the other technologies, they are finding good ways to use these technologies. So data from 2017 career study, career builder study, 70% of companies are using social media to screen applicants. They want to find you there. If they don't find you there, it hurts your application. Um, 50 some percent of employers have decided not to hire because someone didn't have anything online. What are you hiding, right? That's that's not gonna work for them either. It's not about scrutinizing every little thing you do. It's not about not being able to have a personality. 
Uh, it is about being courteous, being kind, interacting with others in a way that you would want to work with someone who interacted that way. It's not that you can't have those political views, but how you express them, how you interact with people around them is going to make a big difference in how your social media is judged. And they're developing technologies to do this too, so that someone won't you know, be that liberal who's turned off by a conservative, but it's more, are you kind and courteous and conscientious and personable not are you democrat republican whatever it might be trying to get rid of people's individual bias and use technology to just score your activity based on personality traits it's very interesting where this technology is going Um, it'll be interesting to see where it continues to go right now try and use it to your benefit Think about how it could benefit you, how you can be more engaged in ways that are positive with your interests, with your industry, with your colleagues, and build a brand that makes sense for you. Find out how you want to interact on social media and then be consistent and tell a consistent story as you're doing those interactions. One of the changes that is happening, and it'll be interesting to see what this data looks like for 2019, but from 2017 to 2018, there was a shift in recruiters away from LinkedIn and towards Facebook and Instagram. LinkedIn had made some changes that made recruiters mad. They started leaving. Recruit LinkedIn has since made changes that perhaps is starting to attract them back. Of course, LinkedIn is still the professional place to go for most job seekers. It is important to know that recruiters are looking other places. And if you are comfortable on other mediums, it's highly possible there are recruiters there for you to connect with on Facebook, on Instagram. If you're not Uh, as big on LinkedIn or that you think the companies that you're interested in are more on Facebook and Instagram, you may be right. And interacting with folks there, looking at pages, companies, hiring pages, et cetera, on those other channels may be a great way to catch that attention with 63% of recruiters looking at Facebook and 25% total looking at Instagram with 63% of technology companies looking at Instagram. There's a large opportunity for us to connect with employers on different channels. What does this all mean for us and how do we pull it all together? We're going to go through our last trend and talk about how we can put all of these pieces together when we get back from our last break. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. 
That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about trends in the global space, so not just in employment, but trends in how we work and how those are going to impact our jobs. So the last one that we were just talking about was social branding and social recruiting. And it's really all about trying to be authentic and engaging. If you are hidden, employers can't see you, right? They can't interact with you. They can't um, have a relationship with you. And in some ways that might think, like you might think, oh, that's good because I'm hidden. I'm protecting myself from being judged. But it really doesn't work that way because they're judging you for being hidden. Why, Why are you hiding, right? And they just can't connect with you, which means that it's hard to build a relationship. So we want to find ways that we can connect. Um If you tend to be a more private person, you might just pick a few hobbies and a few, you know, a few things that you're going to share about publicly. And then you can go through your posts and kind of think about what do I want to share public and what do I want to keep private? Caution, never consider anything private. So yes, you might market private, but if you're going to post something that's really mean or violent or if if you're posting those things you have to assume that somebody's going to see it or these new technologies that can score your social behavior are going to find it somehow and score it i just don't think that you can do those things and not be 
held accountable for it. And we've seen more and more of these stories, people not getting into college, people not getting hired, etc. Now they're developing technology can, that can go and look at your social media activity for red flag behaviors. And they're not trying to do this in a way that eliminates good people, right? They're going to keep fine tuning it. But people who are aggressive, racist, um, you know, and how are they defining that? I don't know yet. But they're going out and trying to screen for some of these things before they hire people because no one wants these scandals in their workplace, right? And so it'll be interesting to see where it goes and does it infringe on our privacy? Yes, a little bit, but it's all in what you offer up. Um, And people oftentimes forget about comments that they make. And that's that's going to be probably the number one thing that's going to get people in in trouble, if you will. Not necessarily posts that they're making, because it's okay, of course, to believe what you believe and stand for what you stand for. But in those conversations where you start going back and forth with people on social media, which, you know, how much good is that doing anyways? But anyways... Those are the places where we can get aggressive. We can use language that's un, not, you know, it's not good working for us. And in, it's not really that we're showing our belief that's the problem. It's that we're displaying qualities that employers don't want in their workplace. And if we're going to do it online, they're going to say, "If you're showing it online, I don't, I don't want to hire you." Use it for good and not for evil. Think about how you can engage people, how you can have conversations, um, how you can be positive, interested, stand up for that cause, do it in a great way so that when your employers are looking for people like you, people who are passionate, people who are connected and engaged, they find people like you. Choose your content, choose what you share publicly, choose where you, what you keep private. But overall and in general, know that what you do and say on social media is going to be reflective to those individuals who are looking of your personality and your behavior. And storytelling then is our last topic. Storytelling is something that started in marketing. I'm going to tell the story and people are going to get engaged. They're going to buy my product because I've got this whole story behind it. Then it shifted into kind of entrepreneurs and your origin story. How did you get your start? How did your company get your start? Then job seekers started using story to make their resumes and LinkedIn profiles more interesting to read. The accomplishments and things that they'd actually done instead of just job duties that they were supposed to do. That story has gotten more first person. Profiles are first person. People are telling stories. Um, they're getting to to figure out how they can tell their stories. And we're seeing it go even to leaders who want to grow their brand as a leader or grow their influence. They're telling their origin story as a leader in an organization, how they grew up, how they got where they are. So you're seeing story been, being used in a lot of different ways. The challenge is you've got to know your audience and you've got to tell a story that connects. It's not just about story. It's a story that connects with the audience, that proves your point, that helps them see what you're trying to say. Do it quickly, you know, get to the point. The story can't just be a ramble. We have to have some 
coherence to it and we have to know our audience some audience wants the data first and then the emotion story to back it up some audiences want the emotion and then some of the data woven in right so you've got to know your audience and tell a story that makes sense to them uh rambling is not storytelling and it will won't help you very much People want authenticity in these stories. They want to be able to connect to the story. And that's why you're seeing video kind of blow up is people want that opportunity to connect via video to their audiences. They want to see you. They want to know that you're telling a story that's truthful. They want you to be engaged. And video helps with all of those things so much in into making the connections. And Videos, it's you know, it's interesting. LinkedIn rolled out their live video, even though live video never really did very well on Facebook. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. What will you use that for? Do you need to use it for anything? What makes sense for your career? But don't be afraid to try some videos, share some video, do some PowerPoint voiceover videos, something that might show your expertise, that might give some interesting information to people in your target audience. Video resumes where it's, you know, I did this and then I did that. No, but video resumes in terms of demonstrating your expertise somehow, presenting information, that can work. That can make it, that can be interesting. Think about what types of videos you'd want to watch from people in your industry. How would you want to hear what's going on or the new, the latest, the greatest? That's what you want to think about not just how you can um, make those connections in your own life, but how does it connect to your audience? And the whole idea of a video resume never really took off because people didn't know what to put into it. And then you didn't know what you were going to get when you were listening. And really no one wants to just listen to a regurgitation of a resume. Um, An origin story can work, but it's got to have appeal to the audience. It's got to have some kind of purpose to that audience. So telling your story, especially in your LinkedIn profile, your resume, why are you important to your audience? How do you connect those dots? And how can you make sure that people know who you are? and know what you can bring to whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. So those are the trends that are impacting your career. And of course, we're always going to be here on the Career Confidant to give you the tools that you need and and resources that you need to stay on top of these trends and successful in your career. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on the Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.